Good evening. It's good to see you all. Please open your Bibles with me once again to the book of Romans. The book of Romans, and we'll be returning to the verse where we left off there in Romans chapter 3. And verse 23. I trust you found found it already. Now I'll repeat what I said last week regarding this concluding portion of Romans chapter 3, beginning there in verse 19 through to verse 31. What we see here is perhaps one of the clearest declarations of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in all of Scripture. We see in this blessed portion of God's Word how that we are sinners and that it is God that justifies ungodly sinners, ungodly sinners like you and like me. And he does it by his grace alone. Now, again, like I said earlier, we'll pick up where we left off And we left off there in verse 23. So look there, beginning there in the start of verse 23. All have sinned. My friend, all have sinned. Indeed, in Adam, all have sinned. But further, we also have sinned individually against God. All have sinned. And my friend, that includes you in the pew, and that includes me behind this pulpit. And so all of us have come short of the glory of God, coming short of honoring and glorifying him as we ought. And so in verse 23, we see why we need to be justified only by Christ and only by his grace, because we are sinners through and through. Romans chapter 3, beginning in the latter parts of verse 9, look what it says there. My friend, we are all under sin. Indeed, all are under sin. Verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Make no mistake about it. You may stop some bad things and start some good things. Nevertheless, before God, we ever remain sinners only and ever to be saved by what Christ has done. For verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You see, we are sinners, and that's what the law of God reveals and declares. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The law of God declares we are guilty before him. And this is his verdict of anyone outside of Christ. Anyone not washed in his blood, guilty before the holy justice of God. My friend, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short to honor God. We've all fallen short to obey him. And so we've all fallen short of giving him all the honor, glory, and praise due his name. My friend, we rejoice in what he has done in his flesh, not in what we do in ours. You see, we fall short. We're destitute, empty of any and all righteousness, having nothing in us to commend ourselves to the favor and grace of God whatsoever. You see, if I could throw 
a rock as hard as I could toward the moon in the heavens. It doesn't matter how high I might throw it. It's going to come short of the mark. And my friend, all of us have come way short of glorifying God in this body of death. Every one of us is destitute, empty of any righteousness whatsoever. The best we have, our very best, all of our so-called creature righteousnesses, God says, away with it. It's a filthy, ruined rag in my sight. You see, every one of us have failed to render to God that glory that is justly his. We have failed to honor and worship the true and living God as we ought to, and his holy law demands in absolute perfection. And so there's none righteous, no, not one. And we all, all of us, no exceptions, all of us being sinners have this sin problem. Indeed, that's our problem. S-I-N, sin. So what's the solution? Well, there's only one solution, and it's not do the best you can and everything will be all right. So if it's not the solution, what is? Seeing we have all sinned. Look there in verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace. You see, sin is our problem, and it's a problem we're born with. It's what we are, born in sin, shapen in iniquity. And so the Lord gives us, to borrow an expression, the only solution to our pollution. You see, my sinner friend, there's just one solution to our pollution. And here's what we see taught in the Word of God about the Bible doctrine of justification. Again, verse 24, being justified freely. That is, without a cause, reason, or any merit found in us. Beloved, is there any reason that God should show mercy to such a one as we are? No. God has made you to know that in your flesh there is no good thing. Now, my friend, if you think you merit his grace or you've earned his grace or earned his mercy, then you don't have any grace or mercy. You just have your best works, which are nothing more than filthy, ruined rags. You see, beloved, we don't merit or, for that matter, earn his favor or earn his mercy or earn his grace. We're justified freely by his grace without a cause or reason that's found in us. So what's the reason for his grace? We saw this in our study of John. We see the answer there set forth in chapter 1. Of his fullness have we received. Of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Beloved, the only reason for grace is his grace. He is gracious and he is merciful. And so the cause of his grace The cause of his mercy is not found in us. Rather, beloved, the cause of his grace is found in him. You see, we're justified freely by his grace. That's what God's word declares. Being justified freely by his mercy, his love, his grace given to us in Christ Jesus, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Now, what does it mean to be justified? It means to be declared by God to be without guilt and without sin. It means to be declared by God Almighty in the court of his holy law, not 
guilty. Beloved, that's the blessed reality of every believing sinner, declared not guilty in the courts of God's holy law, to have the Spirit of God testify with your spirit, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Behold, a child of God, in whom there is no guile. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. God's word declares in Romans 8, verse 16, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so that, that Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, the Spirit of God, that we are justified, declared not guilty, and made righteous in Christ. And it's all by His grace alone. Look at verse 32. Our Heavenly Father, that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Beloved, God has freely given us all things in Christ, and He has justified us freely. Notice the words in our text again, Romans three, twenty-four. Justified freely by His grace. Now, there's just one kind of grace, And that's sovereign grace. Indeed, God's word teaches us how that our Lord is sovereign. And just as he is sovereign over all in creation, so his grace is also sovereign in salvation. My friend, God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. For it is God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That is, before the foundation of the world. And so the cause of our justification then is found in Christ, His grace, His righteousness alone, His eternal purpose alone, given to us in Christ Jesus before we were born, before the world began. And that excludes all creature boasting, does it not? That excludes creature merit, does it not? Indeed, that excludes any righteousness on our part. For, beloved of God, we have none. You see, we're justified freely by His grace alone. Again, Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace. Now, notice that next word, through. That word, through, doesn't have anything whatsoever to do with you or to do with me. You see, my friend, you must be saved. And if you must be saved, it will be through him alone. My friend, if you must be saved, if you must be saved, it will not be through your good works, not through your baptism, not through your righteousness, not through your growth as a believer. Well, preacher, If our justification is not by or through those things, then what is it through? Again, verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, that word redemption means deliverance. Beloved, we're delivered by a ransom. Our merciful and gracious God delivered us from going down to the pit. He says in his word, I have found a ransom. Beloved, we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. 
Look what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You see, beloved, we're justified by his blood. We're justified by his grace through him. My ungodly, evil friend. The means God has set forth to justify ungodly, wicked sinners like you and like me is the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, we are redeemed, we are delivered, and he has set us free. Because the Lord Jesus Christ took our sin, suffered under the wrath of God. You see, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. God's just servant, suffering once for the unjust. Beloved, we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace which is the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that he obtained for us, his people, eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. You see, my friend, it's not a temporary pardon. It's not temporary grace. Rather, it's eternal pardon. It's eternal grace. Indeed, we have eternal redemption through the Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal deliverance. I love that verse in Romans chapter 11, verse 29. For the calling and gifts of God, for the calling and gifts of God are without repentance. Beloved, he appeared once in the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And further, this redemption being eternal, further, it is not a general pardon, rather, it's a particular pardon for a particular people. We call that particular redemption. You see, he laid down his life for the sheep. The angel of the Lord, the messenger from heaven, declared, Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And beloved, you know he already has. He's our sovereign, successful Savior. He shall not fail to save his people from their sins. So what does this expression, particular redemption, mean? Simply this, our Lord Jesus Christ gave his life as a ransom for his people. That is, Christ died exclusively and only for his covenant people. Particular redemption. I love it because that's what he taught me. That's his doctrine, not Calvin's, not, not Calvin's. Indeed, every faithful minister of the gospel would agree how ridiculous it would sound. Grooverism, Fortnerism, Bellism, Nightburnism, absurd. Or even further absurd, just imagine your name being plucked up there where Christ's name should belong. It's the doctrine of Christ, beloved. My friend, it's the Lord's teaching. It's his doctrine. And that's the truth of Scripture. I cannot say that the Lord Jesus Christ died for all of the sins of all men everywhere. God's word doesn't teach that. And God has not revealed that to me. It's not anywhere in God's word from Genesis to Revelation. Most so-called evangelical churches might as well call themselves Roman Catholics and be done with it. You see, my friend, 
if you've heard him, if he's ever taught you, if you're taught of him, you won't debate this. God's people don't get mad over God's truth. Now, do they? Indeed, beloved, how blessed we are to know the truth. Christ Jesus the Lord. I love what John writes there in 1 John chapter 5, there in verse 20. We know what blessed words, not we'd like to think, not we, we believe, but much stronger by God's revelation from above. We know by his Holy Spirit that blessed the preaching of his word, the preaching of the gospel. We know, beloved, that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. It's a given understanding. We didn't figure this out. That we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ stood as our surety in that eternal covenant of grace. And when the Lord Jesus Christ came, he came as a representative man, representing all that the Father had given him to save. And when he died, when he gave his life a ransom for many men, women, and children in this world, he died exclusively and only for their sin. And so consequently, those for whom he died must be set free. And that's what happened on the cross at Calvary, justified freely by his grace. Verse 25, Romans 3, verse 25. Whom? Now, who's the Redeemer? The Lord Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. Whom? Whom God hath set forth, that is, foreordained the Lord Jesus Christ in the eternal covenant of grace. Indeed, the book of Revelation sets forth our Lord Jesus as the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God set him forth and he ordained him before Adam ever sinned, before Adam was ever created. The Lord Jesus Christ stood as the surety and Savior of God's chosen covenant people, whom God hath set forth. Beloved, he foreordained the Lord Jesus Christ to be our propitiation. Now, I realize that's a big word, but we do find it in God's word three times, in fact. But it has a very plain meaning. The word propitiation simply means this, mercy seat. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is our mercy seat. He is our propitiation. You see, the blood on the Day of Atonement in the Holy of Holies was put upon the mercy seat covering the law of God. And so, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is our covering. He is our mercy seat. He is our atonement for our sins who reconciled us unto God. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. And look there, beginning with me in verse 10. Beloved, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the sacrifice, the sin-atoning substitute for our sins. Beloved, he was made to be the sin-atoning victim, the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world to satisfy God for us. The Lord Jesus Christ is our propitiation in the gospel of Luke, in fact, 
there in chapter 18, where the publican cried out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That same word could be supplied as propitious. Young's literal translation reads, God, be propitious to me, the sinner. God, be propitious to me, the sinner. Lord, be propitious. Reconcile me by my atonement, my substitute, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, beloved, our God set forth from all eternity himself to be our lamb, to be our substitute, the just dying for the unjust, that he might bring us unto God. Again, Romans chapter 3, verse 25. God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. What a glorious truth. God sent forth his beloved son to be my sacrifice for sin, to be my substitute, to satisfy God's holy justice. Verse 25. God hath set him forth to be the propitiation for our sin through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Beloved, it's through faith in his blood. We read in the book of Hebrews, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission There's no redemption from sin. Without the shedding of blood, no atonement, no deliverance from the curse of the law, no reconciliation unto God without his precious blood atonement, without faith in his blood. Now, when we talk about his blood, we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, who shed his his blood. Beloved, God bought the church with his own blood. And you see, it's not just that blood was shed. Further, it's whose blood was shed. Well, whose blood was shed? God's blood's. God's blood was shed. He bought us with his own blood. And so it's through faith in his blood. It's not a mere trusting in the shed blood of Christ or the finished work of Christ but rather it's trusting in him who shed his blood. It's trusting in him who finished the work of our salvation. You see, beloved, we're not just trusting his blood. We're not just trusting his finished work of salvation. But further, we're trusting him who finished the work of all of our salvation. We're trusting him who shed his own precious blood. My friend, saving faith has to do with a person. It's looking unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the author and finisher of our faith. It's not looking to a pet doctrine. It's not looking to an experience. Rather, salvation is looking to a person. You see, saving faith looks only to Christ through faith in him who shed his blood. Now, how do we receive this glorious propitiation? How do we receive this glorious atonement for our sin? How do we receive redemption through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? By our doing? Most certainly not. 
Rather, it's believing Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him, and I like the way Young's literal translation puts it, that everyone that is believing in Him right now should not perish but have everlasting life. My friend, do you see the importance of faith? So where do we get saving faith? We know the answer to that question from the scriptures. God's word teaches us how that faith is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, saving faith is the sovereign gift of God. Turn to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. You see, my friend, true faith excludes all boasting in the flesh and only and ever looks to the Lord Jesus Christ alone who put away our sin. Acts chapter 13, beginning there in verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Through this man. Well, who is this man? My friend, He's the God-man mediator, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Verse 39. And by him, by the Lord Jesus Christ, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Look at verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord And as many as were ordained to eternal life, those people believe the gospel. You see, my friend, faith is the sovereign gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Indeed, true faith excludes all boasting and looks only and ever to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. All right, back to Romans chapter 3, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Look again there in Romans chapter 5. And I'll begin reading in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, that's why faith is called the precious gift of God, because it's obtained by the righteousness of our precious Redeemer. Indeed, all of this atonement and redemption is by the blood of Christ. Again, back in our text in Romans chapter 3, verse 25. God hath set forth the Lord Jesus Christ to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance, the suffering patience of God. All this blood atonement, all this blood redemption by the Lord Jesus Christ is to declare His righteousness. And beloved, this is the righteousness of God that's revealed in the gospel. Look again at Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested or revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. 
Turn to Romans chapter 1 and look there in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. My friend, all of the Lord's people of the past, all of those Old Testament believers, and all believers of this present day, the Lord has only and ever forgiven sinners because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham was justified by looking to Christ. And going all the way back to Noah, Moses, David, and all those Old Testament saints looked to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and that glorious sacrifice he would make for their sin. Beloved, the Lord is long-suffering because he delights to show mercy based on the atonement that the Lord Jesus Christ has made for us. Again, the latter part of Romans 3, verse 25 to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Talking about the Old Testament believers, through the forbearance, the long-suffering of God, God forgave their sin based upon the sure atonement the Lord Jesus Christ would make for their sin, to declare, verse 26, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. Now, not only to declare his essential holy character, but further the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. Now, pay attention to this key phrase. That he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is what the gospel of Christ plainly sets forth. God is just holy and righteous in his character and in his way of saving sinners in Christ. And so the Lord remains just and at the same time does not violate his holy character or his holy justice and yet shows mercy to sinners. His mercy is magnified. His justice is magnified because the Lord Jesus Christ has died honoring the law of God and magnified the law of God on our behalf as the perfect man in that life he lived out for us before God. That God may remain just and the justifier. That he might be both just and merciful. That he may show mercy and at the same time not at the expense of his holy justice while he justifies the ungodly. Beloved, that's the mystery of the gospel and that's the question that nobody's asking today in our religious world. How God can be just and yet justify the ungodly. And my friend, he does through his beloved son. My friend, he saves and justifies sinners in such a way that his justice is magnified, his love is magnified, his mercy is magnified in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now keep your place there in Romans 3 and turn to the gospel of Isaiah. The gospel of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah has the same message in chapter 45. And we'll begin reading there in the last part 
of verse 21. Isaiah chapter 45, beginning there in the last, the latter part of verse 21. The very concluding part of that verse. Isaiah 45, verse 21. There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Beloved, our God is just, but he's also merciful. He's just and he's also the Savior. He is just and the justifier, and there's none else. Isaiah 45, verse 22. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel, all the elect of God, shall be justified and shall glory. And they shall glory only in the Lord. All right, return to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 26. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, this is the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This is the faith that the Lord gives us to understand and love. My friend, those who are of the faith, they are those sinners who look only and ever to Christ, to the exclusion of everything else, as all of our righteousness, all of our redemption, all of our acceptance, all of our forgiveness, all of our salvation before God. Beloved, he is the justifier, and we'll see God's word setting forth that very thing in chapter 4. To him that worketh not, But believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. My friend, God justifies the ungodly, and he does it in a just way. That's the glory, the power, and mystery of the gospel of Christ. Romans 3, verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Beloved, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace.